Tom, did you mean to phone me? Yeah. Are you busy? Oh, I thought you'd pocket phone me then. I was going to, hello, 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 I've got your speakerphone now. Oh. I talk to you. <laughs> Have you? I was you? actually going to send you a message in a second, so... Oh, wow. That's weird. Yeah, I know. Gary, I'm recording an intro for my album's podcast. So um, I wanted to ask you uh, for an album recommendation. Woo! I'm going to go into the bedroom. I'm going to go into the bedroom because otherwise you're going to get sewing machine noises in the background. (laughs) There's there's costumes happening, is there? (laughs) It's not cosplay. Um, My wife, your friend, is adjusting a bra. You know I'm recording all this for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> so, yeah, she's trying to do some gravity-defying. So, right. Um, okay, so how, <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. So how this podcast works is there's that album that you would just put on and just let play when you're doing other stuff or, oh, I need an album recommendation. Uh, oh, here's something that I really love, and you point people at that. Have you got something like that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's an oldie, but it's a fantastic album. Okay, look, so it doesn't matter what it is. We've 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 run the gamut from movie soundtracks to live albums, so go for it. Okay. So my recommendation for an album is The The Mind Bomb. The The Mind Bomb. Okay, cool. That's right. Yep. So have a listen to that, my old partner. Pick the bones out with that. A strong album. A strong album. So when did you pick up Mind Bomb? Oh, God, this would have been in the 90s. And, uh, yeah, just a recommendation from a friend, but it's, uh, it's a good album and it's worth occasionally revisiting. Right. Okay. Well, so this might be uh, more along the lines of what I envisioned we, I would get, like every episode, all these these amazing sort of old albums, rock and roll so, type stuff, and I've got none of that so far. So maybe the, the is that album. Have a listen and see what you think. And uh, it's yeah, I think it's it's worth listening to. It's it's challenging, thought provoking, as well as musically good. Right. Okay. Great. No, no, we'll be all over that like a rash. And if you if that doesn't work, then I'll send you the album that we listen to while we're reupholstering bras. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, please do. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> My bra, not Jen. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For doing me a favour, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, no, 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 that'll do for now. <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want to just plug the album. This goes out to, I mean, we get solid listens. We've got a few, a few thousand what, downloads. I tell you what, I, I, I tell you what if, you, if you want to listen to an absolutely fantastic album, then the Albany Shantymen and um, either Are You With Me, Lad, or Men of the Chain. Those are the two albums you should be listening to. I probably should have said those, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, uh, we're going to do the, the Mind Bomb, but uh, anyone who listens to this podcast should definitely check out the Albany Shanty Men on Spotify and all good places that you can download good music. All right. Cheers, mate. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Change your blood into spirit and your spirit into blood. Who is it that comes down from above and sets your souls Hello! Do you like albums? We like albums. This is Albums! Yay! I'm Tom, this is Tim, and uh, this Albums episode is dedicated to uh, The The's Mind Bomb. 
The 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 the. Hey Tim. Hey Tom. How are you? Good Tom. Good Tom. Been a little bit between drinks, but here we are back with another instalment. So uh, yeah. Let's... Well, you've been busy, Tim. You've been busy. Yeah, it has been busy time for Timmy, but that's okay. There's always time for this. Been waiting to get into it for a little bit while, so let's do it. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sure Gary wouldn't mind because I was helping him out with. With, with stuff, and that goes some way to explain why there's been such a big gap between episodes. Indeed. But, um, yeah, Mind Bomb. Mind Bomb. Welcome to the 80s. <laughs> Very much, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get over how 80s Mind Bomb is. Yeah, it was glorious, It was, but it was kind of like a – it was a bit of a pinnacle of everything, you know, like as far as production sound, as as far as the, the landscape that the album presented you with. It just took you right there, didn't it? But that seems to be a bit of a thing with uh, Matt Johnson and his previous albums. They do talk about it being quite the, uh, the audio book of the 80s and the times within and the struggles and everything that everybody goes through during that time as well, so – yeah, it's very interesting, but yeah, it definitely harks back to the era. So for those who don't know, The The is a band formed in the, uh, let's say they were really, really running in the 80s, formed in 1979 by a Mr. Matt Johnson, who has remained the only consistent member of The The. Mm-hmm. Is it The The or The The? <laughs> I think it's The The. <laughs> or is it The The? Okay, The The. <laughs> <laughs> The Las Vegas. Uh, Matt uh, has described the the not as a solo project per se, but although several of the albums definitely have been. But he likes to see it as uh, having musicians and collaborators sort of drift in and drift out. They come in and collaborate, and then they leave again when, when it suits them. Sort of like it, it's all pretty cool. But uh, the the essentially is Matt Johnson, who is the lead singer and guitarist, and in some cases the only musician. That wasn't the case for Mind Bomb. No, no, no. He called on some. Uh, well, a a big gun. who sort of a uh, he brought in Johnny Marr, the amazing Johnny Marr from previously from the Smiths. I think he'd been. Out out of the Smiths for a couple of years, and then um, yeah, interestingly, uh, Matt had tried to recruit Johnny into a band before Johnny started the Smiths, so they'd known each other for a while. Yeah, I just tried to try to get him to join the the or the the. Yeah, or or a version of that, like very early on. Oh, right. I think these guys were all in the one scene, and the like. You get the impression that Matt Johnson makes a lot of friends. Yeah, I can imagine absolutely. And the Smiths are very much, uh, well, not in the same vein as these guys. But, oh, Matt Johnson, so to speak, but definitely relatable. And uh, his inclusion in this album has definitely left a massive stamp, courtesy of him and his ideas input into this album. So yeah, awesome. And here we go. We've got uh, Mind Bomb. Uh, well, it's quite the journey isn't it? <laughs> okay. Now, that big intake of breath, what you uh, look, Tim, what were your first impressions of Mind Bomb? Yeah, first impressions, um, it definitely took me a lot to to unpack this. I think uh, a greater appreciation was formed with them uh, coming across a bunch of live footage that I, I watched them do as, a, as an Albert Hall gig that they did. Um, just had a couple of songs of it, and you really sort of got to see the four of them doing what they do and creating this massive sonic landscape that they do, but doing it live, you know, because it's, it's from first impression of this, it took me a lot to get into because it was just, there were so many things that were not hooking you in instantly. Definitely something that you, you delve deeper into, you start getting into his lyrics, which is very prominent in this album anyway. The live footage sort of um, opened you up. 
you sort of got it a bit more, you felt. It did, absolutely. I mean, and that'll happen nine times out of ten when you sort of get to really witness a band and do what they do. But yeah, definitely for me, like first up, I sort of listened to the album and then I put it down for a little while because <laughs> it was kind of like, oh, okay. It's heavy. It's a heavy album. He, uh, he broaches a lot of subjects. He's got a lot to talk about. Uh, it's <clears throat> Look, okay. Mind Bomb came out in 1989. Yep. It's a post-punk album. Yep. It's very much of the time. It's talking about a lot of subjects that we now tend to avoid at dinner parties. Uh, <laughs> That's a good way of putting if, it. If dinner parties is a thing that people still have. <laughs> like, there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of religion. There's a lot of, there's a lot of opinions very much on this so. album. Absolutely. The previous albums that, that, that came out with were almost sort of dancey, poppy, certainly less bombastic. And bombastic is a word that has been used in the negative yep. when talking about this album. Uh, here we go. Encyclopedia of Popular Music called it bombastic in tone and filled with lyrical diatribes and anti-religious rants <laughs> allied to distinctly unmelodic songs. Now, I think the unmelodic songs is unfair. I think the music, despite some of the instrument choices, the music itself is solid. But the Los Angeles Times called it an embarrassing exercise in breast beating. <laughs> Stylist magazine wrote that it's easy to let the seemingly precedent relevance of the lyrics to Mind Bomb outweigh the actual music. That's probably fair. I'm not a big fan of harmonica. Oh, there's lots of it, though. <laughs> There's, there's, there's a lot of it, and it was of that time. Like Rattle and Hum was a U2's Rattle and Hum was a year earlier, and I was just like, oh, Bono just layered that with harmonica. This has got harmonica in it. I'm thinking there was something about British music at that time where the the punks were trying to be. I don't know. Were they trying to be more authentic or something? Were they trying like they they they're chucking all this blues and almost country stuff. Absolutely. In their music. Like, they've got their uh, electronic drums, and then they've got saxophone. and <laughs> Although the sax is usually just a bloody um, synth. Yeah, yeah. And, and lots of harmonica and uh, real sort of country drum beats they'll chuck in, in places. And this is loud, full of that stuff, straight out of 1988, 1989. It's all in there. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, there's, you know. Yeah. Ballroom blitz type drum beats. There's shuffles. There's there's like there's also like twenty musicians have played on this album as well. We've got you know saxophones and flugelhorns and oboes and an Arabian fiddle, whatever that sounds like. But it's all in there, you know. He's, <laughs> I think, I think it's it's interesting because if you look at um, yeah, but like okay, uh, and my and my problem with that is that sometimes that makes really bad albums. Mm. Let's have a look at Guns N' Roses' 13-year project, Chinese Democracy. I don't want to. That album is objectively boring. Yeah. <laughs> and the story behind it, it should have been the most amazing thing ever written. Well, he had enough like, time. And <laughs> didn't he? What? He built a, had to build a chicken coop for the guitarist. But... Um, so Mind Bomb was really like I want to know more about that. That I want to know less about this album. Yep. Yeah. But that's not what the podcast is. It's about this album. <laughs> yeah. And it's not without its redeeming features. It's just that the lyrics for me and stop me if I'm getting too preachy. But the lyrics are too preachy. Yeah. There's just man. He's seen some things. Maybe he's particularly well read. The things he's talking about. Oddly, are the same things that we're all still talking about. 
We're all still talking about the religion and the problems and that things were once great nations and now we're all, you know, it was 40 years ago. And sadly, I think, and this is probably what bummed me out a bit, was, you know, like, oh, okay, we're still talking about this. Oh, hey, wait, no, we were talking about this stuff. Now we're still talking about this stuff. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it, it, yeah. it's interesting because he's like, you know, this is all pre-Desert Storm, pre-Q8 uh, invasion, all this kind of stuff. But he, he harks on. I, th- I think someone sort of said that this was very much a his shining uh, a light on the political circumstances uh, of the time, but uh, particularly of America and, and where things were going with the climate over there as well. I'm not sure if he actually spent some time in there. In one of the video clips that I'll get to later, he's actually yeah. shot it in America. But, yeah. I think... I think I think because he had toured the album before that, Infected, which was huge. That was their, yeah. apparently, I haven't read it. Did, did it, you get a listen to it? I haven't had a listen to it yet. No, no, I need to get, I wanted to start with Burning Blue and I listened to a little bit of that and that's really quite wild. Yeah. The start of that, the little bit I've heard is great. So I can see why people have built this thing around Matt Johnson and, and the, the, because uh, I think, and I don't know because I've been listening to Mind Bomb, but I think there's there's a lot to be explored there that that is probably really really good. Mind Bomb is sort of like I don't know if you've been into the the and I, I can imagine back in 1989. I mean, like I was ten, mm. but if I was fourteen or fifteen and I'd been listening to that that or started to be aware of them at sort of maybe 16 17 when mind bomb would come would come out it'd be like whoa where's this come from your mind wow. will have expanded and blown yeah and I I do really want to put things in context but listening to it now oh god jesus i was going to say it's a bit triggering like <laughs> i felt bad for me i i feel i truly felt that my uh, my social consciousness was seriously lacking and i should have a good long hard look at myself <laughs> really <laughs> well, like like i didn't do anything when i was 10 and i still haven't done anything i know but that's what i'm saying it's all still the same I've had 30 years to get this together man i still haven't done nothing sort of aside from that it, There is an element to the language that he uses that is quite preachy in it. There's a lot of, I know, and you should listen, and this is happening. It's definitely happening. Yeah. Some of it probably is definitely happening, but some of it, like, yeah, mate, how do you know? Yeah. It got my heckles up, and I wanted to reject a lot of it, and maybe that was punk. (laughs) Maybe that was... (laughs) You're the new wave of punk rejecting the punk of old. Yeah, I'm post-post-punk. Post-post-punk. New new wave of yeah, post punk. <laughs> <laughs> we could do my hair in a wild, crazy way. I'll just shave it straight down the middle. <laughs> Get a mo nut instead of the mohawk. <laughs> What's that called? Have you seen the mo nut? What's the mo nut? It's kind of like when he's when they've got the 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 beard and it just goes from beneath the chin in one single strip about a centimeter wide and goes all the way up around the top of the head and then. Back down the other side, and it just creates a little donut that encapsulates your entire face. Wait, do you shave the rest of your head? Yep, it's glorious. <laughs> I'll send you some pictures later on. It's so good. And you literally just got this ring that goes from beneath your chin to the top of your forehead. It's just the best. Okay, this is a bit weird, but the crazy... Did you see the monkey tail? The monkey tail goatee? Yes, I did. I'm... <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm curious. I'm kind of keen. No, 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 no. No, nobody in their right mind should do the monkey tail. No, nah, 100%. I digress. Oh, oh, no, oh, no. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, like, uh, there must have been a similar vibe at that time 
because this was not as well received. Uh, like, so I can't be the only one, and I don't think our critics at the time were sort of like, hang on, this is a bit of a left field from Mr. Matt Johnson. What's he trying to tell us now? Yeah, but it was, and, it, was, it was quite divided as well. I mean, like, lots of people were giving it five stars and lots of people were giving it two stars. It was taken well by some and not taken well by others. I think a lot of people were searching for the next amazing offering from Matt from his previous recording, which did so well and uh, obviously stirred a lot in a lot of people and gave them all something to relate to and something to, it was almost not, not profit-like, but they were just hanging on the next word. What's he got to say now? And then he came and bummed their shit out. That's what happened. <laughs> totally, that's, that's it. That's what happened. Really, that's what happened. Uh, I think Infected was like, oh, hang on, he gets us. He gets this. He gets he gets all this. And then he was just like, and I know all about it. <laughs> religion and it's it's in your heart and you're evil and like yeah and shockingly there's not a lot of there's not a lot of humility on the album there's i'm trying i'm scram i need a thesaurus i'm scrambling for another word than preachy yeah but preachy yeah it, it does have this self-righteous thing to it that seems to not be particularly aware of itself like it's sure it feels quite indulgent and maybe to your point like infected the album before that came out in 86 was so well received because it it did sort of speak to that generation and then mind bomb i don't know like he got a band together it wasn't a solo album so you would expect it to be even more accessible and i don't know if they were going for some type of more mainstream sort of thing, I'm not 100% sure what he was going for here. Yeah. I can only think what is on the surface, and that is just he's got things to say and stuff on his mind, and he thinks he knows what's wrong yeah. with everything. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't particularly offer any solutions, though. No, no, he leaves you wanting. I sort of had a little bit of trouble relating to the album in the first place. It's like each song was just, like, they don't really go anywhere, you know? They don't have a melodic structure in the sense that they progress, like, as in verse, chorus, verse, chorus, whatever. There's no key changes in, in like, 80% of all the music that's on this album. It just It's just sort of like one riff with one one drum beat that plays all the way to the end of the song, which literally just creates a sort of a, a white page for Matt to spruik his wares on and and tell us all about it. Now, I guess that's kind of where Johnny Marr's songwriting came into because he added all these textures and flavors and all that wonderful harmonica that we were talking about before. Um, but he mm. definitely does, and I sort of gained a bit of a better, uh, better appreciation for him as well, seeing some of that live stuff, because the dude treads, and he creates this little uh, sonic landscape with his guitars and his keyboards, and he does amazing work, but like without it, it would be, I don't think I could listen to it twice. It's just, it's such a monosyllabic kind of piece of music, even though there's so much going on, there's so many instruments in there, but it's just sort of like one pulsating grind until uh, Matt's finished saying what he needs to say, and then eight minutes later the song finishes and you're into the next one. It's it's just it just it was yeah. it was quite a labouring experience for me to listen to the first couple of times until I really started you know <laughs> I don't want to say forcing myself to get into it because there are you know there's really good songs <laughs> onto it but like you know, but we've got to do the work for the podcast we we've got have. to do the work for the podcast so you do end up um, going oh god all right I'll listen to it again. If you're not 100% into it, you, you do have to give it that benefit of the, the doubt, which is the advantage of doing the show. Absolutely. Because you do do a deep dive and you'll find little things that you can enjoy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there is. There's plenty to draw upon once you really start getting into it. But, um, yeah, obviously, first impression was, yeah, was a little bit hard to connect with. 
His lyrics aren't particularly poetic. There's some nice lines in there, but there's, there's so many times where he uses more words than he needs to. Yeah. And it feels like he's just reading a story to you. Yeah. And then there's other times where you think, oh, I want more of that, and you don't get it. Yep. So, yep, 100%. <laughs> like, just say that, yeah, so I'm not a super huge fan of the lyrics on this album. Johnny Marr's stuff is fantastic. He's huge influential musician nowadays, uh, you know, up to the point where he's done stuff with Hans Zimmer and Billie Eilish. Like, he's still working. Yeah. He's still adding textures and flavours to things. But back to Mind Bomb. Yes. It starts off with this, like, I've got to admit, the first track I thought, oh, hang on, we're going to get some some scapes here, some some sound, because it starts off with this big soundscape thing, Good Morning Beautiful. Yep. They're like, oh, okay, this isn't as cool as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I kept um, waiting for it to go somewhere. Yeah, there's no, there's no chill on this album. There's no chill. Nah. There's no cool. Yeah. Like, it, he's got something to say, he's saying it, but there's, like, it's it's not cool. <laughs> 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 like, he doesn't sort of, he's not going for metaphor and prose or anything that you have to sort of tease out and come up with a meaning. He's telling you exactly, this is the problem, I've just figured it out. Yep. He's telling you exactly what he wants to tell you. End of story, there's nothing to figure out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's no there's no romance or uh, there's no intrigue to it. It's just a... Uh, well, there's not a lot. Not a lot. I'm, I'm going to give him a benefit of the doubt here and say there's a little bit. There's a little bit. Yeah. But Good Morning Beautiful has this chord progression. I don't know my music well enough to say where, what type of Mixolydian and Ionian and, oh. you know, what are those? Definitely one of the, definitely one of the Onians. Yeah, one of the Onians. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he definitely used one of the Onians that was a circle of some number. Even if he didn't um. mean to, but, like, that's a, that's a genius of Johnny Marr, you know. He just threw it in there because it's just in his DNA. He doesn't even have to think about the Onians. They yeah, just occur yeah. naturally. And if Good Morning Beautiful was the track that it was and then it went into something different, that would be cool. But it flows straight into Armageddon Days Are Here Again. Yeah. Boring Blitz. This is I like this song. This one's pretty it, fun. It, you actually like this one? Not a lot. No, not so much from the lyrical point Are of view. Are you ready, God? Yeah, look out, man. Buddha. Look out. I'm coming for you. So is everybody else. Are you ready, Jesus? Uh-huh. Buddha. Yeah. Mahomet. Okay. What are you Yeah, this was uh, this was actually one of the tracks yeah. I saw them play live as well, um, which which kind of spun me out a little bit. Very what that they could get away with it. You wouldn't get away with this song these days. No, God no. Could you imagine? No way. No, and uh, I'm trying really hard to separate my modern sensibilities from just a critical listen to the album. Yep. But he does drop the N word in uh, Violence of Truth, and that is it was like at the time. I think it, it, the N word is on. Episodes of the Young Ones that oh, is it? was played at one episode. A, a, a policeman tries to arrest a guy at the, the Young Ones front door and he's wearing gloves and the policeman is wearing sunglasses and he mistakes him for a black person. 
and drops the N-word because that was normal it was a, at the time. It was a time, it was a place, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It was it, a different time and a different place. Did, and, and, and so I'm, I'm really trying to separate myself where those things are jarring because of today's sensibilities and this is an album from 1989. Yeah, that, it wasn't good, it wasn't right, it wasn't, it's not the right thing to do, but I think there was... A, there definitely is a completely different context. That that yeah, that is very true, um, isn't it? You do have to uh, to remember yeah. when and where this was recorded, and uh, yeah, no, I mean, like in, in a way, you know, it, it was also the pros that followed after that was about what we think we're doing to help these people in disadvantaged communities doesn't really always amount to what we think it does, you know. So it had a decent message, but yeah, it definitely stood out <laughs> for me on the track, and then I think, oh, yeah, right. it definitely sort of makes you jump, doesn't it? It did, yeah. Like, it was quite jarring, um, and I would, yeah, I, I shudder to think what would happen if the kids were listening to that in the car. I would have to then stop and. Some explaining. A mountain of research to explain to them <laughs> why that was on there, and I was listening to it. It would be like trying to trying to have a a Facebook conversation. <laughs> what? You can't say that. Uh, yeah, no, but you've got to understand. It was a no. You just can't say it. Uh, all right, I know. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, but thanks. <laughs> it did come on my radio, so I'm partly to blame. But hey, you know. It's out of my hands. Okay, so it's a lot of political messaging. And on that, speaking of political messengers, track four, Kingdom of Rain. Hmm. What a nice little cameo that was. I thought I recognised it. I had to look it up later on and find out who was singing. Um, But yeah, Sinead. So Sinead O'Connor's on there. That was really early in her career. I think she had just got signed, basically. Yeah, yeah. And managed to guest guest on this album. Obviously, they uh, um, they ran in the same circles or something back in the days. Like it, there was an, uh, one of the videos that accompanied this one. It uh, was just a, a bunch of photos of the time. Like uh, they just sort of like strung it together before they did a proper video for it, and yeah, it was just all pictures of Sinead rocking an acoustic guitar on stage and just being a songstress at the time before nothing compares to you and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was kind of yeah, you know, gosh, she's what a delivery, you know? She's got a she definitely has a set of lungs on her, and um, you know, she had so much character yeah. to this track. To be honest, he blows Matt away. Yep. Matt has been a singer his entire life, and he is not a patch and Sinead O'Connor. No, no. Unfortunately, he's a musician. Uh, some people call a genius, but bold of him to even sing on the track. Holy crap! <laughs> I, it's like you just see the difference in quality is is quite astounding. Yeah, it definitely takes a big um, step up uh, when she does sing. Yeah, but like, and, and and I don't know about you, but I was sick of uh, nothing compares to you when I was a kid, and it came out. I was like, oh, I'm sick of this song. It's on all the time. Well, you, but you couldn't escape uh, it. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> I get, I get it now. You understand she's, why she was crying? It, it, she just got this very no, just this effortless ethereal quality to her voice. Absolutely, it's quite incredible. Yeah, I must admit I've never really listened to yeah. her, but um, just from humble beginnings. Well, she was no, I'm not Sally. about to go out and I can't listen to that as the next album. album or next album. Oh, yeah, but if anybody suggests Sinead, yeah, we'll have to kill him. <laughs> if it was the early albums, great. If it's those later political religious stuff, mm. maybe not so interested. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Then you go through to the beat and generation. The 
generation. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, but it doesn't sort of. Well, because it was like the beat generation was a thing. And they did the film clip for this song, incidentally. They uh, they sort of had a bit of a, it was just like a, a studio shot like the Fab Four would have done back in the days in all black and white and all dressed up in suits. And I don't know if maybe that was a bit of a heart back to that. The Beat Generation was a literary movement started by a group of authors whose work explored and influenced American culture and politics in the post-war era. Okay. 1950s. Maybe it's to do with um, the, the follow-on from that. You were the Beat Generation and now you're the Well, it's a generation. pun, isn't it? it the is. Beaten. That's a Nice little, um, nice little upbeat shuffling song as well. Get a nice little, little country. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? Little country trudge along <laughs> kind of song to it. Yeah. Uh, I suppose. I think there was there was another harmonica in there as well. Uh, yeah, there's lots of harmonicas. <laughs> I, I think the guy they had playing harmonica. Oh, that was Johnny on, Ma. Yeah, on that one. But on most um, of it, I the thought. other guy they had playing <laughs> the other guy they had playing harmonica on Mind Bombs. Oh, Mark uh, Feltham. Uh, Mark Feltham. He's got a lot to answer for. Yeah, Mark Feltham. Mark Feltham. Do you know? <laughs> do you know? <laughs> selected discography is just a who's who. Like if it had. Basically, <laughs> except for Bono playing his own harmonica on Rattle and Hum, Mark Feltham played r- harmonica on just about everything else. Here's the guy you call when you don't know who else to call, but you secretly know who to call. If you want harmonica, Mark Feltham's your man. That's it. He will add a sound you never thought you wanted <laughs> <laughs> to your track. <laughs> totally. And lots of it. Yeah. and lot. Oh, but, oh, come on. Like, everybody... Oasis, uh, Robbie Williams, more Oasis, Texas' greatest hits, I Don't Want to Be a Lover, Switchfoot. Oh, really? Yeah. KLF. What? Justified and Ancient. If there's harmonica on it, this guy puts it on there. Film soundtracks, Judge Dredd, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, Notting Hill. Like, you know, if you need a whale of a harmonica in a background, this guy is there doing it. Far out. What a a varied life this man's uh, achieved. All carrying around a little thing that fits inside his back pocket. How amazing. He's probably got like a quiver. Yeah, he probably he would have a quiver, a, wouldn't he? Yeah. Like a, he probably sort of opens his jacket and he's got <laughs> nine <laughs> in boing. lots of three. Hey, man, you want to buy harp? You want to buy harp? Hey, man. Quick draw. Check out my Monica. <laughs> he's got him like a utility belt. <laughs> Check out me Monica. <laughs> he's basically harmonica batman just- that's how i'm gonna visit him now in my head absolutely that's wicked <laughs> he comes crashing through a skylight on a zip line that is that's jutting out of a harmonica <laughs> like presses a button the thing comes back he puts that one in his belt pulls out knee flat and off he goes like, <laughs> what are we doing here movie soundtrack or post-punk modernism what are we doing just let me warm up <laughs> okay i'm ready to go <laughs> Sorry, we were talking about that. The Beaten Generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another weird song. Like, he's talking about, you know, when this once great country, you know, was this, that, and the other. I think every country was really, really great at one stage. Yeah. And it was once upon a time. Because it's never right now. No, no, everything's... All your problems are now. Everything's crap now. When you cast your eyes upon the skylines of this once proud nation Can you sense the fear and the hatred Growing in the hearts of its population And all the countries were 
Yeah, once they were great. Now, not as great. No, and it's the man's fault. No. Uh, <laughs> a man or the man? The man. Or them them men. The men. Yeah. Them men. Them men's fault. Yeah. Them men's fault. This album has made me quite, it's got me a bit worked up. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Because I wanted to like it more than I did. Yeah. Mm. I wanted to, uh, like, okay, Johnny Mars in this and this, this, this guy who does does solo projects and, and he has great musicians come in. It's post-punk and everybody loves the, the. Well, not everybody loves the, the, but those who in the know know the, the. And then this album kind of upset me. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I don't know if it was because I wanted it to be cooler than it was or better than it was or I just not in the mood. Is it because it's 2021 and we've had COVID and we're getting sick of like, yes, we know it's not easy or great. And cheer up, sunshine, yeah. you know, come on. The- cheer up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. I think I couldn't agree with you more, you know. I think I think we've sort of, we've heard so much of it, you know, so much of this sort of stuff. Everyone's got their safe box, uh, obviously through social media and everything like that. It's a way more accessible and it just sounds like a really educated version of the same sort of thing. Educated, but like life experience or whatever what we were talking about before. But uh, he seems to know a lot of things about a lot of things. And uh, he's keen to tell you about that. In today's society, we've seen a lot of people like that, whether they be smart or not very smart, which is what you get more of the other of. And uh, I think just generally speaking, Mm. people soapboxing, we're kind of, you know, we've had a lot of it. We've had a lot. We've had a lot. We've had a lot. But this guy was Um, there first. He was there there before the internet, so we've got to give him props. Uh, Who would have thought that this would have been the model (laughs) for so many grumpy Tweets and da- Facebook posts. Damn you, Matt. Damn it. Shitty memes. <laughs> damn it. Damn it. Look, the one track I think on the album that has any sort of self-awareness is August and September. Yep. He's talking about being in a hotel room and it had a breakup and do 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 and then he's like, oh, you know, what kind of what kind of jerk am I to think that you'd be better with me? Basically saying, what kind of asshole would I be yep. to get you to drop everything and, and, and do what I want you to do? A refreshingly sort of aware that there's anyone else in the world. A- absolutely. I, I think he's um, he broaches on these uh, subjes of, of love oh, or God, the, the messed up versions of love that he's experienced and writing about in a few of these songs, particularly this, these last couple of songs and Kingdom of Rain, of course, all about love failing and how it fails and how drastically and wondrously it does fail and then the retrospective look at themselves. And he definitely dives in and sort of doesn't leave... A lot on the shelf. He he lays it all very bare, and yeah, he is very self deprecating and analytical at the same time, which is which is kind of interesting. That's almost a, a more modern take on yeah. yeah it's, it's a more mature look. Like I, I feel like a lot of the rest of the the early part of the album at the time was probably quite oh observational and 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 cool. It, it doesn't have an overly mature feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas. August and September actually sounds like uh, it, he's given some actual real thought 
to emotions and, and consequences in relationships. Yep. I could have listened to this album track four, five, six, seven, eight, left the first three sure. tracks. Yep. And um, probably be much much happier with it. Is that I have a thing with religion and politics. Like it's oh, you don't bring them up at dinner parties. No, that's right. that's right. You don't. Probably because I'll get in trouble. <laughs> I'll get in trouble because um, well, you're never going to yeah. have the same opinion as the person next to you, and they're not going to have the same opinion as the person next to them. But everyone's going to tell them about their opinion. Yeah, uh, or you can just say, "Hey, listen to Mind Bomb." Yeah, totally. We'll, I'll pull you a wine, and we will have a nice chat about uh, something like like Squid Game, and oh, and and, and uh, if you want to know some stuff about religion and politics, you can listen to this album from 1989 <laughs> and discover how not much has changed. Tell you all about it. That's it. Yeah. Okay, just as a digression, what, not into Squid Game? Oh, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I made the mistake of watching it uh, with the American voiceovers first, and far out, it did my head in. It was just so annoying, absolutely annoying. But no, I, I got into it as it sort of went along, but I don't know. It was just, it's got that wonderfully. With no spoilers, I'm only up to episode four. Uh, uh, well, everyone gets killed. Yeah, know? well, I figured that yeah, much. Lots of, lots of, lots of death. Um, oh, no, I just, I just thought it was over, Isn't over dramatized. You know, I just, I just thought everyone was just like, wow, this is amazing. It's one of the most amazing things ever. And it was just like, well, yeah, there's lots of violence, but like, you know, the acting's atrocious. It's not happy. It's, it's definitely. Ha- I thought happy was better than that. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, happy's awesome. Oh, I love happy. Twisted, but similar. Yeah, sort of like uh, twisted, but a similar vein. Yeah, I don't. I think I think Squid Game really is for like twenty year olds. Yeah, I just, I just feel like it doesn't have a lot of depth to it. You know, it's just, not that I'm you know, I demand depth out of my entertainment or anything like that. But yeah, I just I, I expected more. Okay, well I'm not at the end yet, yeah, no. and we maybe we'll discuss more of Squid Game on the next. Well, album. That's all right because I still haven't uh, I still haven't watched the last episode yet, so. I have an idea what's going to happen. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All, right. But, All right, well, we will definitely catch up about that. Yeah. Back to Mind Bomb, and uh, hopefully you can piece back together the fragile shards of your psyche <laughs> after it's been exploded by the Mind Bomb. <laughs> it's in the... It's, <laughs> to give me your... It's in the name, though, isn't it? We should have seen this coming. Yeah, yeah. To give me your least hated and uh, most favourite <laughs> track... <laughs> Hang on, I'll take two. <laughs> All right, Tim, uh, is there a track on here that stands out for you as a as a as a good little number? As far as as far as good little numbers go, I did like the last song, Beyond Love, just because it was an actual song. To me, it was just it was just a bit more of a. I think they're all actual I, songs. No, but it just it's, <laughs> it just depends on your song definition. Exactly, it's, but it's just as as far as a bit of a message, or even just sonically, just listening to it as a as a song that sort of developed and you know created a bit of a release. That he's searching for this thing, which is which is beyond love and after love and past love and uh, the hope for a brighter future. Which after like a whole album of of badness and and being told off and talked to about things it was kind of a bit of a cathartic release at the end of it it was just a nicer way to sort of finish this super heavy album off and it still has its heavy themes with it as well but it's just i just kind of like the refreshing end of the album Yeah, okay. I 
probably had got to a point where, yeah, we'd left the first three songs behind. Then you got to Beyond Love and it sounded again sort of a bit more preachy again. That was just my take on it. It was interesting, interesting to hear yours was was a different experience. It's probably wrong. There. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, Tim, no, no. This, uh, this is the thing. There's no wrong. If you found that like a lot, a nice sort of settling of the ground after the wind and the rain, you know, sort of maybe breaking of clouds, then great. I took it a, a slightly different way yep. and maybe I've dismissed that song out of hand and I'll have to listen to it again. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. Sitting here talking about these songs and, yeah, I am getting – I did get a bit worked up about them and stuff, but then, you know, I've got things in my head. I'm, I'm doing the beat generation. Like I, there's probably a, a fair chance I'll listen to it again. Yep. Now. Yep. <laughs> All right. So um, for me, it's going to be Kingdom of Rome. It, um, it's a toss-up between that and August and September. I can't get past Sinead's vocals. Yeah. A young Sinead O'Connor, just incredible. You were the boy I wanted to cry with. You were the boy I wanted to die with. You were further from my side. Year by year, while still making love, Judy flips in the sin. But the silence is the highlights. Move across this room as cold as a body's yeah, honestly, like jealous of people who have a pleasing tone to their voice. Yeah, yeah, it really is something else. It really is such a refreshing thing, and it's and it's it's that sort of song where it's a, the call and response to the situation between the male and the female parts. And um, I just think her her take and she she lifts this song and just makes it something absolutely great. Like you said, a fledgling Sinead doing her thing uh, is just amazing. And she jumped straight out the second I heard it. I wasn't sure who it was even, but it's like, oh my god, she's got an amazing voice. And then. Lo and behold, it was yeah, it was wicked, really good. Yeah, disappointing she wasn't in the uh, film clip. Yeah, I know some generic model. Yeah, around. yeah, I know. Maybe yeah. they would have been so much cooler if it was Sinead. Would have been so much cooler. Maybe she blew up like right then and had no time. Oh, probably in different cities. Who knows? The lyrics aren't great, but she sings the crap out of yeah. them. She can put emotions that you can only dream of putting in the page into into the song, into the lyrics. Because I've done a little bit of singing. Uh, I probably land fairly squarely in the Matt Johnson camp of being quite enthusiastic but not having a great voice. But these people, I think, Sinead O'Connor, you think, God, you think Elvis, you think, you think Gaga, you think Tom Jones, you think people with just tone, yep. they probably do... A heap of work on their vocals. I don't want to take anything away from them, but th- then there is a natural sound that is pleasing to ninety percent of the people on the planet. Absol- and, absolutely, uh, Sinead O'Connor has that. Yep. It really sort of like it's such a standout. It's almost stark. Absolutely. So if you like Sinead O'Connor, early track from Sinead, uh, the the mind bomb. The track is called Kingdom of Rain. There you go. Do yourself a favour. Do favor. yourself a favour. <laughs> right. Song that you like the least on, on Mind Bomb, Tim. Um, I'm going to actually go with the intro. Good morning, beautiful. I um, I just kept waiting for it to go somewhere that it just never really went. I think maybe it sticks with me so much because I listened to it probably ten times and just went, ah, I just don't have time to listen to this album right now. <laughs> you know? So I kind of got a little bit of a stigma stuck in oh. <laughs> Kind of got this little bit of a stigma stuck in my head. was like, ah, Oh, I'm just in a good mood right now. I don't think I'll, I'll have a listen to this album right now. I'll go listen to something else. So that's kind of that little stigma for me as well. But like, yeah, just it just it just never really sort of went anywhere and gave you a good introduction to what was to come. 
I guess. I mean, I didn't truly, truly hate a song on this album. Uh, I disagreed with things that were said and, and you know there's a little bit of that in almost every song yeah good morning beautiful it sounded great and like the introduction of the the players and setting the tone for the record was was cool but yeah just not my favorite standout track at all yeah it does go on a little bit i think it's nearly eight yeah, minutes I long or something it isn't it is really tr- seven and a half or yeah. something it's really really trying to be a big opening to a big bunch of ideas I don't know, maybe at the time it really, really was, but it just seems like it's sort of a little bit overblown and self-indulgent mm. by the time you get to the end of the seven and a half minutes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. For me, it's going to be The Violence of Truth. Track three. I'm not really sure what he was trying to do. What do I want to say about Why don't I like it? It's, just, it's not because he drops the N-word. There's, because there's no... He doesn't... I don't know if there's any solutions. It's was, just like, hey, look at this. This is really terrible. I was terrible. just about to say that. Hey, I think it's, look at it's, just, it's just an ongoing uh, bombardment and a list of all the shit that's wrong, but no path out of it or no solution or no, uh, <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing to tell you about it that we should fix. Yeah, would I like it more if he had offered a solution? I'd be like, no, what do you know? Yeah, we wouldn't have agreed with it. I can't. You can't have your cake and eat it too. But there is a way to broach these subjects, and I don't. I think this misses the mark. Yep. I think it's too self-important. Yep, totally. Anyway, so Tim, is the the mind bomb staying on your rotation? I think I'm going to explore the the a bit more because I definitely want to hear what everyone's mm-hmm. kicking and screaming about. As for this album, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I've done this album. I might revisit it, but honestly, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's uh it's for me. But I'll definitely delve a little bit long, uh, bigger into the uh the world of the the. And Matt Johnson and, yeah, be interesting. Yeah, I I want to do the, the um, a bit more. I want to do the early stuff. Yeah. I want to find out what everyone was talking about. Like the, the, the idea of the album before this infected, it had an accompanying movie. Oh, really? Yeah, it's got a full-length feature that goes with it. He toured that around. It was played in full twice on British on, on Channel Four BBC, but it was huge. Matt toured around the world just with the film <laughs> and did some live shows. And that was the album before this. And you can sort of see why everyone was excited because that would have been quite the thing. Quite well, maybe not new, but because you two had done a similar thing with Rattle and Hum. Um, oh well, Rattle and Hum came after Infected. Actually, huh, maybe they were toing and froing a little. Oh, there you go. Yeah, true. You make a movie. I make a movie. You get some harmonica. I'll get some harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was the thing. Anyway. It was the 80s. They shared everything but, back then. Yeah. So there was there were big ideas before that. And I think from the little I've heard, we're a bit more exploratory as opposed to just telling you what is wrong with everything. Yeah, sure. So I think I'm going to do the the properly. I'll go back to album one and album two and album three and, and do them sort of chronologically like you could do back then in the 80s and collect everything and have all the B-sides and, like, you could do that then. Remember when you used to just collect everything? Oh. You were obsessed with having every album that you could Had to. buy a band. Absolutely. But now you're lucky to, to know if their new albums come out or whatever. Yeah, totally. Or if they've got a single or 
there's so much more vying for your attention that you end up. This is why we're doing this albums podcast. Exactly why we're doing this albums podcast. Yeah, it's our mission from God. That's um, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, if I make it back up to album number four or three, depending on you count them, but number four, it'll be Mind Bomb again. But it's, it's got me worked up, Tim. It's got me worked up. <laughs> that it has. I don't know where to place this. Yeah. But with that, I think we'll end this show. Thanks very much, Tim. Who knows what the next album will be? Maybe it's you. If you want to get a call from us, or we don't have to do the call thing. You could just suggest an album. You can get a hold of us at albumspod at gmail.com. We're not on any other socials because we're too busy listening to albums, yo. (laughs) That's exactly right. For now, that'll do it from me. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tom. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Move across this room as cold as our bodies silhouetted by the moon. And I would not wake up one day. Is it just me, or is it just the way that love?